0: Welcome, Highfalutin' ski Bone Podcast, episode number 195. It is your pals. Back together, Mario and Brian. Mario, welcome back.
1: Che cazzo! What's going on? Oh, mi scusi, mi scusi. Mi scusi.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've been, you know, a week uh, doing, uh, you know, pornographic Italian hand gestures and cursing people off in Italian. I don't know.
0: It's tough coming back from that, isn't it?
1: It is. You can't go into work and, and do the same stuff. It's it's frowned upon.
0: Yeah, you feel like you're uh, there, you're a conquering hero, and back home, you're just...
1: You come back, it's like you got a freaking mousetrap on your balls. It's just like, uh, I got to go sit in this chair again and not be outside every day and sit here like a little, little mouse. It's it's subservient
0: little bitch pisses me
1: off i was i was a king on the hill i was a roman emperor skiing in the alps
0: god damn caesar on snow
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm a caesar on that snow
0: (laughs) that was you oh yeah
1: and then i came back
0: yeah but we're happy to have you back
1: i'm worried about getting freaking some crazy virus on an airplane
0: now (laughs) Uh, it's all fake news
1: 'Cause Melly and I are like, you know, we're fighting just from being out in the cold all all week. You kind of get that, you know, sinus thing going, and I'm like, is this the is this the uh the freaking virus that's going on? The Chinese virus, whatever that is.
0: <laughs> General So's virus. General So's. <laughs> 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 is, is that what it is? It's all fake news. It's it's the bird food thing. We're putting oh, a tariff yeah. on the disease. Not happening. Matt's that's coming right. here. I figured, disease
1: i forget that that's part of the trade war like
0: it is it's can't all bargaining in, we
1: can't bring it in so we're good
0: this may sound racist totally not <laughs> this, i had nothing to do with whatever, this.
1: whatever you, you preface <laughs> <laughs> you can't preface it like that then it I, is racist i
0: just observed something and Uh-oh. it almost seemed like if you were racist you would say this is how these people act so we were skiing last weekend. What do you
1: mean those those people? Who's you people?
0: Exactly. <laughs> we were in line skiing. We were getting onto the uh, magic carpet because we're skiing with a little guy. I saw an a young Asian girl, probably like between eight and twelve, wearing a Hello Kitty like surgical mask. Awesome. I mean, awesome. you can't make this stuff up, folks.
1: Can't make it up. I think I saw a few years ago they actually make Hello Kitty skis
0: really? Cutest, cute as hell,
1: man. Why not like, Hello Kitty?
0: Like one twenty-five underfoot, you know, like one ninety. they that
1: freaking bigger than your your uh, black crows.
0: DPS Pro model powder ski.
1: DPS <laughs> Whaler Hello Kitties.
0: Hello Kitty the uh, Powderworks DPS Hello Kitties.
1: That's right.
0: You exist. Can you exist?
1: Ah, probably does. If you got if you got the right. Amount of money.
0: You got a sticker, you can make it happen. That's right. Speaking of stickers, if you want stickers, hit us up, podcast at gmail.com or hit us up, DM us on Instagram. That's the best way. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Our numbers are growing. We're getting more fan feedback and messages. So we really, really thank you so much for, uh, for listening and, and reaching out to us. It's really cool getting feedback and knowing we're not just talking and putting this out into the abyss. So thank you again. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com. We are on the socials, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at SkiBumPodcast. We rarely go to Facebook. Let's be honest. Twitter and mostly Instagram is kind of our, our wheelhouse these days, but we're also on YouTube and Pinterest and all your favorite podcasting apps, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, find us there. <laughs> Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, the big ones. Rate us, subscribe to us. You, I can Radio. To, you can go to SoundCloud, you can go to iHeartRadio. You may be disappointed. But we're there ish. We're there. We're everywhere. You know where to find us. But thank you again so much for listening. Also, a big shout out to our sponsor, Quickie Wax what's up quickie wax thank you again for for sponsoring the show they are a colorado ski bum owned company proud sponsor of the podcast they have all kinds of great waxes multiple temperatures check them out q u i c k i e w a x dot com i just used
1: them out in the alps they went to they went to italy with me on my skis so i waxed my skis up before i went with the quickie wax cold and uh Work perfect. Everything was awesome out there.
0: Look at that. Five stars, three thumbs up. Can you have three thumbs up? If you have three thumbs,
1: gotta have an extra buddy, give me an extra thumb.
0: That's a bunny thumb. Two bunny bunny thumbs equals one human thumb. There you go. Everybody knows that math. (laughs) You learned that in fourth grade. So thank you, Quickie Wax. Check them out, quickiewax.com. All right, Mario, let's kick it off like we always do.
1: It's time for our pray today. What do you got? Uh, so today I got something I picked up before my little vacation. Um,
0: so this you didn't bring anything fancy back to uh to I pray today with?
1: You know there was something that we had called jenepy over there. Um, and it's kind of it, it sounds French, and I think it is French, but, of course, in Italy, they're in the Alps. They're like, everything's Italian. So they're like, no, this is what we drink before you go out. So we were drinking it actually before we would get on the tram to go out skiing uh, and during lunch. Uh, and it's like a um, – it's like it sounds like it's juniper, but it's not. It's actually like a, a flower that grows up in the mountains, and they make this liqueur out of it, like an elderflower kind of thing.
0: Like an uh, edelweiss?
1: Yeah, something like that. Uh, almost like, uh, St. Germain. It's okay. French, but it's like, like elderflower liqueur. So it's very similar to that with a little slightly different taste. Um, I didn't bring any back, uh, nor did I look for it, but mm. it was good. Hit the spot. That's what I would have brought back. But instead I have, uh, today good old fashioned Basil Hayden's has their Caribbean reserve Queen. rye. Caribbean Queen Reserve Rye it has a rum finish, so I guess it's Basil Hayden, and they finish in rum barrels, and it is delicious. Has like a little hint of raisin, I think. Raisin so, rum, rum raisin.
0: Sit Caribbean Queen. That song was on at the gym a couple days ago. That song is fucking awesome. I don't care who you are.
1: Caribbean Queen is uh, who sang that?
0: Oof, James Ingram, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> can look this up
1: i'm looking at it let's see caribbean queen was
0: or love on the run billy ocean which makes sense because billy ocean caribbean queen caribbean sea
1: It, it does make sense so yeah i got that it's a little bit sweeter than the regular basil uh has a nice little a little rum kick, a little like raisiny t- hinge to it. Just the flavors that it creates, uh, but it's uh, it's delicious, and I like it, and I'm drinking it because I have a little bit of a cold. And uh, now I don't think I really have a cold. I think I just have congestion. It's actually clearing me up, so we'll see. Hopefully, it'll make me sleep tonight.
0: So the, the Basil Hayden Caribbean Reserve Rye. That's the one. Yes. Okay. Limited
1: put- release. Okay.
0: Is that the one they actually put a little bit of rum in with it?
1: It says finished with rum, so I think they did add a little bit.
0: Okay. Yeah, finished with black strap rum for a toasted oak flavor. Nice. Nice. Yeah, those Basil Haydens, they've done a couple different ones. I've had like two or three of them. They're all really good.
1: Yeah, you know, I saw this in the store. I was buying um, some bourbon we went to somebody's house and I was buying gift bourbon. And then I saw this and I was like, I got to have some home bourbon too. So you go out <laughs> for one bottle and you come back with two, one for you, one for them.
0: That's the way to do it. That's what you got to yeah. do. Yeah. Um, Andrea's uncle is a big fan of the Basil Hayden dark rye. Oh, dark rye.
1: Is that the red label?
0: That's the red label. Nice. And that one. So yours, they put a little touch of rum in there. This mm-hmm. one, they put a touch of port in there. Ooh, that sounds yeah. Great. It gives it like a the color is is awesome. It looks almost like a real like mahogany color, and there's a tiny little bit of of kind of that sweet fruitiness from the the port.
1: It's huh.
0: outstanding.
1: I tell you, Basil Hayden's is probably that was the first bourbon I ever, and you got me to try it. I was like, nah, I'm not yeah. a really big, you know, because I tried whiskey tasting. <laughs>
0: Mm, bitch <laughs> Drink, bitch <laughs>
1: had some basil Hayden, I was like, ooh, this isn't bad, this isn't like your uh you know this isn't like whiskey, this is good, yeah um, yeah, I wasn't a whiskey fan, just I think the peat taste, the peat smoke taste or something just threw me off,
0: yeah it's more scotch. I'm a Kevin fan, yeah,
1: you know, so uh, yeah, it turned me out to basil Hayden, and it's always been a go to so then when I saw this, I was like I gotta try it, it's delicious. I just cracked it open just before this podcast
0: nice. I was like,
1: hmm, I don't have any uh, cough syrup, but I have basil Hayden.
0: <laughs> it's it's kind of the same stuff, really. Yours mm-hmm. probably has less sugar than the freaking cough syrup has. It's nice and neat. less saccharin. Yeah.
1: No, no ice cubes. Well, not anymore. I started with one ice cube, and then that's long gone. Put that <laughs> How about you? What do you got?
0: I am drinking something. So I had a tough choice today. I have a lot of really good beers right now. Mm. Had a, a a trip up to Vermont last week and got some Burlington Beer Company beers. Which, Ooh. if you haven't tried any of their stuff, they are hitting it out of the park. I've Burlington had beer company, yeah. I've had at least three different beers from them that have been outstanding. Nice, but I went back a little further from our trip up to Sugar Bush back in December and I broke out good old Lawson's Triple Sunshine. Oh. Not sip of sunshine, not double sunshine, sunshine. triple sunshine. That is three sunshines. Could you imagine if we were, could you imagine if our planet had three suns? You know how it would be? Well, maybe, but what if the suns were further away and there was three of them?
1: That's true. That's true. You know, it'd be light all the time. Potentially.
0: Maybe. Or like super bright for like a certain period of time because they could be at different distances and it's one of those things like, you know when you get like the uh, the solar eclipse when the moon is blocking the sun? Like yeah. You have one of those days like every like 62 years where the all three suns line up and it's like you can't even go outside for that day.
1: Do you know how much crazy pagan shit would be going on if we had three suns? It's already bad enough with one, right? Dude,
0: one of my favorite <laughs> scenes in Star Wars is when they're showing... Luke on Tatooine, and you see the two moons. Like, I love yeah. that shit. Like, why that would be so cool to have multiple orbiting stars that we followed instead of just one
1: instead of one, like a bunch of dumbasses. We got one.
0: So, I don't know if the good folks at Lawson's were just tripping balls and thinking the same thing. Maybe I don't know, but triple sunshine, that- three suns one, two, three. It could just be three like times the, Godfather. the of sunshine.
1: Could just be super sunshine, like three Perhaps. times the amount.
0: Now. <laughs> Mega sunshine, super sunshine, standard sunshine.
1: That's right. Triple. It's like cheese and cheese and cheese. <laughs>
0: right? Well, it's like when you go to get the, you buy like the Sargento, like shredded stuff. You got like the, the mozzarella with the parmesan, or you have like the Quattro Formage and you're like, oh my God, there's Quattro Formage.
1: <laughs> so cheeses have gone the way of the fucking razor. You know how it started with a double blade, triple blade. There's like eight blades. <laughs> the cheese is the same way. There's like four cheese, five cheese, like 12 cheese mix. Like when, when is it going to stop?
0: Octoformage. <laughs> Listen, man, I don't need anything. It's just like eight, eight you got your, cheeses on there.
1: You got your eight blade razor and your eight fucking cheese, you know, blend.
0: <laughs> I it sounds like a bad guy, on like Aqua Teen Hunger Force. It's like octoformage. fromage. <laughs> top of a castle somewhere top of a that's mountain like, <laughs> that's like a it's gotta be an Italian character of course, he's got a big mustache hello, I am Octo Formage has got a bunch of chains, it's like like the Tony Soprano of like bad cartoon villains
1: there you go there hey,
0: Octo Formage
1: he kills everybody with pizzas, like throws it right down their throat <laughs> and chokes him bah, I got you Ah, you,
0: or he's like strangles them with guy. pasta <laughs> that's right <laughs>
1: <laughs> see Wonder Woman has her lasso of golden thread or whatever and Octoformage has his lasso of pasta
0: Octoformage
1: Octoformage <laughs> alright that was a tangent so we got three sunshines we got three, sunshine, sunshine, sunshine
0: three sons: Sonny, <laughs> Michael and who's the third Corleone brother? Fredo boom, Fredo. Yeah. three sons. So this combination of our sunshine series is exploding with juicy notes of pineapple, grapefruit, and lychee. lychee. Triple sunshine exudes potent floral and herbal aroma from a deluge of dry hopping. Mm. I'm not getting lychee. Not getting the lychee out of that? I'm not getting lychee. I also have a little bit of cold, so my palate is not as, it's kind of like a it's like at 72% right now the palate. So maybe I'm not I'm not grabbing that lychee flavor. Not,
1: not getting the lychee has to be at least 80 or above. I also haven't had a
0: lychee in, in probably 12 years. I don't remember what one even tastes like.
1: You know, lychee sounds like it would be a very powerful flavor, but it's really kind of subtle.
0: I remember there was a time in my life where I was having like lychee martinis.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like a, <laughs> a big fruity guy drinking a you get a fucking lychee martini? Did you drink? guys
0: make me a lychee martini?
1: Do they make those for men, too? Yeah, no, they don't.
0: <laughs> hey, you got to drink out of this glass right here. octo Octoformage.
1: Hey, I'm only laughing because I've drank lychee martinis, too. Like, they're they're goddamn delicious.
0: Damn delicious. <laughs> I'm not judging myself from that era either.
1: Don't judge. Don't judge until you try it. And then you're like, is there any way you could not put it up in the glass? Just put like a regular highball glass.
0: Given that's like dark and we will sh- shelter the whole thing so you can't see it, put in this coffee cup for me. It'll be good. Exactly.
1: exactly. I just want to drink my lychee without any judgment.
0: Now, this is a triple IPA, this triple sunshine. As mm. it. Now, what's weird is that the triple sunshine is a triple IPA. The double sunshine is a double IPA. The sip of sunshine, also a double IPA. A little confusing.
1: Two doubles and a triple. Ooh. So what's the difference between the double and the triple IPA? Should
0: more hops. Knowledge. I think it's more just hops? more hops, yeah. More hops, guess right. More hops.
1: Well, I tried yeah. the triple when I was up there, and I like You weren't a fan,
0: right? You I like was the double be better. Fan of,
1: well, when you compare it side by side, I like it. Like it, it's good by itself, but it's kind of for me, I got to be in the mood for it. The double sunshine hits the wheelhouse every time, right in the wheelhouse.
0: The double, yeah, it's good. The thing is, the triple. It's it's a definitely a little boozier, but it has so much more flavor to it.
1: Yeah, that's definitely a sipper. You know, the the double sunshine. I could open up my gullet and just start pounding those.
0: Yeah, now this <laughs> after one
1: about is, two is, you know, you're you're kind of done.
0: Yeah, they're at least eight percent, right? The eight or nine.
1: Yeah, they're on the they're on and the, they're the big, and
0: then the big can. well, this one, this one's only, I mean, only ten and a half. But it's a little can, like a normal size one. Only so it's 10 not too and bad. A half. Yeah. yeah, only.
1: That's the you cannot drive after this can can.
0: Man. Well, we went when we went up there to Lawson's. They had a special version of the triple on cask, and I had that. Ooh. And I had like two beers after that. The the double tasted like water after that because it, it there was so much flavor in that triple. But I couldn't sure. miss out because they had one cask and they just released it that day. I was gonna miss that. Oh my nuts! Dude, I drove up five hours this is fucking Sugar Bush. I'm not gonna get a triple sunshine on a cask. What the hell?
1: That's like our buddy John I and I going out to drink 120 in the afternoon because they got it. They got it on tap. Let's go out and drink 120. Let's have two. Let's have, let's have more than two. <laughs> Holy shit. I th- I was like, I was like hallucinating that afternoon. It was fucked up.
0: Samuel Jackson. It's my beer. <laughs> That's pretty much what's going to happen after drinking that.
1: Oh yeah. You will see shit. <laughs> well,
0: that comes in at a cool 15%, right? The 120.
1: Oh yeah. Well, I don't think they measure. It's like twelve plus. (laughs) That's all they say. Twelve plus. It's usually around fifteen, maybe eighteen, whatever, whatever you get.
0: Like, make sure your car keys are nowhere near you. (laughs)
1: That's right. (laughs) Oh, I remember the uh, the person pouring it. They were. It was actually a good. It was that shepherd knucklehead. Oh yeah, it's a great spot. And they know their their deal. They were like, "You're not driving, right?" And I'm like, "No."
0: do you have a signed parental permission slip for drinking this <laughs> yeah we have we have the video uh you know there's um, a waiver you have to sign after drinking this no they do the video
1: waiver let me just tape you so that when they they come looking for me this is you talking
0: yeah but this triple is is dynamite i Ooh, i love mm. it i it's got so much flavor it's so tasty there's almost no like burn bitter aftertaste at all it's delicious and it's hard to get i mean they don't actually sell it i think outside of the brewery there oh yeah okay. i have it, but
1: how about the maple nipple
0: that i saw actually at killington a couple weeks ago nice i like the maple nipple for some reason Maple nipple because it's delicious that's why it's
1: delicious and it's mapley goodness i don't know this hint of maple that's a breakfast beer
0: they have that one the maple nipple and then the maple was it faced i think it's called oh really it's a stout, a little bit of maple flavor, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, there's like a maple stout or whatever it is,
0: yeah, that one's good too.
1: Those are good with uh pancakes, I think,
0: perfect for pancakes,
1: waffles, pancakes, something like that.
0: I finally got i think I talked to my waffle maker a few weeks ago. I finally got my paleo almond almond flour recipe down. oh yeah, oh, it's like it's not even fair how good these things are.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have to post that for people.
0: You know, I'm gonna make some this weekend, and I'll uh, I'll post a video of me nice. eating my my almond pancakes. They're so good. Oh my hmm. god!
1: Now, after you keep eating those, if you have a regular pancake, are you gonna be ruined? Yeah, like-
0: disgusting. That's the problem with being a fancy man. And when you go up to a lot of the Vermont ski resorts or the hotels you're staying at, they a lot of them have like you know breakfast included, and the nicer ones will have the waffle maker there, the waffle iron. Yeah. But you give like the batter in the little cups. Yep. It's of course the cheapest possible batter you could ever get, but you're like, eh, I paid for it. I'm going to have a and waffle pancakes. It's waffles. That's what but they are. What sort of level of douche would it be if I brought my own waffle batter?
1: Well, <laughs> to the the thing, so what I'm getting to is you, you basically are going to ruin yourself from regular waffles. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to be like have a regular waffle, which is what made you fall in love with the waffle in the first place and be like, "Ah, this sucks. I don't like these waffles. It's kind of like a vegan not having meat for a while and then like, ah, meat sucks. I got to have this fake meat because that's the best.
0: I definitely see where you're going with this. But it's also like saying, hey, you know what? I've started drinking schlitz beer and i'm only gonna drink schlitz beer because i wouldn't want to know that something better is out there <laughs> i'm not right. gonna drink this, this triple sunshine because then i'm only gonna like good beer
1: dude you start having impossible whopper all the time you have a regular whopper you're like oh my god this sucks i gotta go back to the plant one
0: dude i Insane. went to i went to right. a burrito place today in yeah. new york because i was in the city and the price of For steak, for carne asada, was the same as the impossible shit. I was like, who is paying for the impossible shit when you can get real steak? Some people are. Fuck those people. That's just more steak for me. I just wanted to... Have you tried the impossible stuff? Nope. I want to know, like,
1: have they really disclosed everything that's in it? Because I want to know, like, in 10 years, are they going to come up like, oh, all you motherfuckers have cancer now. Like,
0: It's mostly soy, isn't it? And soy I I no is idea. terrible for men. It gives you boobs. It destroys your testosterone. Boobs. Yeah. Big titties. That's it. Which it's for, for gentlemen is not a great look. Mantis.
1: Unless you're trying to you know, switch
0: over, then it's good. That's and you so doing it naturally. Why do you think so many genders exist now? It's because of soy. Soy? It's the impossible burger. It used to be guys and it used to be girls. Now it's this whole crazy gray area we got. It's because of soy.
1: Soy. So soy's doing it all.
0: Soy's doing it all. Eat elk, have some eggs, have some beer. You'll be fine. Everything will make sense.
1: Yeah, but you won't have a regular waffle. You're going to be having some fancy ass waffle with some.
0: <laughs> I am probably. <laughs> listen, I would not be surprised if I owned an almond farm in the next two to three years so I can almond. just have my own almond supply. So I will always have almond waffles. I'm telling like you, almond man, butter. Try I'm a it. fan of almond butter, dude. You got to try these. You spray the thing like the waffle iron with coconut oil. You get a little bit of that coconut flavor in your almond waffles.
1: Dude, you definitely really- got to. You got to oh. put some douchebag music on, and you got to have this video where you make it like a, a cooking show. Yeah, it would be awesome. And don't it's tell funny. anybody it's a joke, and just post it out there. see It's what, not see a bad
0: idea. <laughs> I might be nude with just my Darth Vader apron on.
1: There you go. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Don't even nothing say anything. The, nothing but the Vader <laughs> aprons. What the fuck is he? <laughs> you turn around to go get like something out of the thing. You're like, bare ass. What, it's what like when,
0: when Prince wore those like, uh, those like assless jeans that one time, like the MTV <laughs> Awards, like back in the day.
1: yep Assless chaps, right?
0: <laughs> no, they were like pants. Oh, they were pants. And his like, butt was just sticking out.
1: Prince, man. He could get away with that. He was Prince.
0: Everyone thought, well, not everybody. A lot of people thought Prince was gay. He was banging girls you couldn't even think about because your head would explode. Mm-hmm. That's how badass Prince was. Shirts. He was a versus Jehovah's Witness, too.
1: Shirts versus blouses.
0: <laughs> Game. Game. blouses. Blouses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> God damn, I love Shepels Joe. Oh, they started replaying that now. So oh. I always go to uh Comedy Central and I watch the office like like there's nothing else on TV, so I just put the the office on and they uh They started having the uh, Chappelle show on like one day a week. I'm like, this is awesome. Nice. Awesome.
0: Dave's getting paid, getting paid. Getting paid,
1: getting paid. Yeah, I like seeing that.
0: So I don't think we have any i today stories or any Gondola stories. Let's go to ski news. We're going to start out with the unfortunate stories. Last weekend was a pretty rough weekend over in the Squaw, Lake Tahoe area. And at Heavenly, they on Saturday, they found a ski patroller from Heavenly, unconscious, in the Mott Canyon area. And the patroller was flown down to the Karen Valley Medical Center, where he was pronounced dead. Uh, unfortunately, it was 36-year-old Christopher John Nicholson of South Lake Tahoe. He was a member of the Heavenly Ski Patrol and had been working that day. Now, this article was on Snowbrains, and I don't know if they've updated it and found out the reason why yet. Um, but at that point, they didn't really even know, and I don't think there was an avalanche at Heavenly, but uh yeah, it's it's really sad wow. and scary. And I'm sure they're going to have some sort of autopsy information or something to understand what exactly happened. But yeah, really, really, really sad and unfortunate. And then before that, up at Squaw Alpine, I guess the Alpine Meadows part, there was um, an inbound avalanche Mm. at 10:16 a.m. that was on Friday last week and between the Scott chute and the Promised Land near Scott Chair at Alpine Meadow which uh was an open you know in resort part a male skier sustained fatal injuries and was pronounced deceased by the Placer County Sheriff's office at approximately 11 a.m., a second male skier sustained severe lower body injuries and was transported to the hospital by ambulance. Alpine Meadows Ski Patrol responded immediately to the scene and completed a thorough search of the area with the help of additional resort personnel and members of the public using avalanche transceivers, probes, RICO rescue system technology, and avalanche rescue dogs witnesses to the incident saw no other individuals involved. No additional individuals have been reported missing and the search was declared complete by 11.45 a.m. And then on top of that... It's
1: strange. It's strange. Is it like... Does it seem like more inbound avalanches are happening in the last few years or are we just hearing more about them? (laughs) Because I never used to hear about a single one and now... I don't know if it's because more people are enthralled by backcountry and they're doing it, or or what. But um, you hear about this these inbound you know, avalanches. I'm like, I, I never used to hear any of this.
0: It's a good point. Now, now with more people, yeah, starting to go, you know, go out to the backcountry. You're probably getting people who are not even just going to the backcountry, just trying to find other, you know, pow stashes and just In mountain, triggering right? stuff. Yeah, not noticing or not potentially recognizing what could be happening to the you know, trails below um, where they're at. So, yeah, it's uh it's or is it good, more, is Is there question. more
1: snow, snow falling? Like, I don't, I don't know. Very strange.
0: Yeah, it's a really good question. But yeah, we're definitely hearing more of it now, which is unfortunate. So then on top of that, there was another... Incident: A 20-year-old man named Jake Roman died after hitting a tree while riding his snowmobile in the Blue Lakes near Carson Pass, just south of Lake Tahoe, on Friday the 17th. So, 20-year-old kid hmm. on the snow, just yeah, flipping around in a
1: snowmobile. I wonder how fast he was going. That'd be cranking.
0: Don't if, you don't know. Something could have dislodged on the front sled part. Uh, could have maybe something was in his path and he's trying to avoid it. Like you just, there's, there's so many things that could have caused the accident.
1: I was, I was talking to somebody last week about skiing glades and uh, I told him, I said, yeah, one of the first times I'm skiing glades, I'm thinking I'm going to push off of this, you know, tree, you know, and you go to try to do it and you freaking, you, you whale your arm and you get a big bruise there and you're like, yeah, I'm not messing with any trees. Like they're not going to move. Period. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't just take it lightly. Like even though they're trees, you can't push off them. Like you're carrying a lot of momentum when you hit into them. You know?
0: Oh yeah, when you're going at speed too, even if you just kind of glance and like nick a tree, you're like, oh my god! Yeah, it's really it's That's pretty great. pretty nasty. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. Really, really rough weekend up there in in Tahoe. So, you know, our condolences out to all those families who lost lost friends and, and family members. But, you know, all we can do is just stay strong and, and keep our eye out when we're out there. Head on a swivel. That's all you can do.
1: <laughs> all right. Next up, we have uh, a situation that may or, uh, or may not get bigger. Uh, the question is, could we face a crystal clear problem in New England as well. So um, this article goes to to talk about Altara Mountain uh, officially closing on Sugarbush Mountain this week, giving the company um, 15 year-round mountain destinations throughout North America. And one of those under the umbrella is Crystal Mountain, which is in Washington state. Uh, In the last two weekends, they've had a problem with overcrowding and they've taken drastic measures by um stopping selling uh day tickets um and limiting uh limiting the amount of uh day use tickets to be purchased in advance online so they say they're having to do this because of the overcrowding uh but they still are honoring the um the epic pass so
0: and this is an article from our our buddy I'm sorry
1: the icon pass that's what it was.
0: Yeah. This article was by our buddy Eric Wilber um, who we met uh, up at the the NAJA event at the Boston Snow Show and it's from the New England Ski Journal who, where he's the the new editor. And Yet you hear about that and you know, that was an issue that the A-Basin had last year when they were on the Epic Pass, how they would just, just ran out of parking yeah. and they had to turn people away. I know... You know, this this article talking about crystal, I think our, our buddy Nick was saying this is happening up at Steven's Pass too in wow. Washington outside of Seattle. There's just not enough parking and they gotta turn people away. So if you're not there by seven thirty on a powder day, you're not you can't even ski or board, wow. which is pretty crazy. And,
1: you know, I, I met for this too is you get a smaller place that's maybe more accessible than some of the others, and people are like, Well, it's included in the past, let's just go there. Now you get a lot more people going, which they usually, you know, may not be accustomed to handling and you just overcrowd them out and like, like instantly it's kind of, uh, it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like a little recipe for, for possible problems, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, you know, it's unfortunate that they're, they're favoring, the pass holders that way, because that's one of the things we've talked about how, you know, it's, it's, I guess it's good for the resorts because people are going to show up and then they're going to spend money buying food and, you know, t-shirts or whatever the crap they're going to buy. But for skiers and boarders, it's, it's good if you're there. And you could go to multiple places and get more days in, but is the quality of those days going to be better or worse because of all these other people there? And it seems like it's going to be worse. Parking's well, worse.
1: I wouldn't say worse. What it's getting to be now is you know how you had private clubs where if you're in the private club, you go to the mountain. Like you're only allowed, you know, only pass holders can go to that mountain. So now it's almost like where if you're not in an icon or epic pass, potentially, you could be locked out of certain places because you aren't part of the part of the club, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's almost like on a grand scale, creating this club environment potentially. Yeah. Without designated as a private club, you know what I mean? Like kind of crazy.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I'm a fan of that. Um, and you know, I think it's just going to keep playing out more and more in this direction. And I think, it's so also going be...
1: private, uh, public mountain and turning into like, because of the pass turning into a private pass only membership place.
0: Yeah. And I think this is really showing how important it is having those independent resorts, you know, the yeah. places that are not going to, they don't want to be on either pass. They just want to be their own resort. Sure. They could be making more money. Maybe most likely being on those one of those two, but places like magic mountain and Wolf Creek in Colorado, like those places are are staying true to what they were, what they've always been kind of keeping things a little simpler. And it's nice seeing those places prosper because we're going to need more of those places because
1: well, I wonder if there'll be a rebound effect. So, let's say you want to go to Crystal Mountain and they were closed, and you didn't have the icon passion. But like, screw that! I'm not going to go there next time there's a powder day because I don't want to get locked out. So, I'm going to go try to go to another mountain and yeah, plan on a, it.
0: Another really good point. Yeah, if you get, you know how we are. We're very fickle. If we get burned once, we'll we'll never go back. We have no problem doing that. Yeah, and I think it's going to benefit a lot of other places that again are <clears throat> independent and are staying on their 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 single lift ticket system instead of a. Uh, one of the big passes.
1: So it's going to be a whole shakeout to see how this plays out. Cause, uh, you know, it eventually could hurt that, that one resort. So let's say crystal doesn't, you know, they have a very big, let's say there's a lot of people that want to go for the holiday, right? They go up there, they get locked out the legs like, screwed. I'm never going back there again. Now they don't go on a day when it's not as crowded where crystal is probably, it may be, you know, Counting on those people to just go up and visit, not necessarily on one of the passes. Um, and now they might not get the volume because people are like, screw that, I'm not going there.
0: Yeah. It's very Slippery slope. You yeah. know. Yeah, I think this is gonna take some time to play out. And two, you we gotta see how things are gonna play out with the economy. You know, if if the economy starts going south, I think that's one of the first things people are gonna give up on is not buying these big expensive passes for themselves and their family. Yeah. I think we've been benefiting from a lot of people having a lot of disposable income the last couple of years and we'll see how long that lasts.
1: Yeah. It is funny how people easily with, because the economy's well, they're like, yeah, I'll buy this mega pass. That's good for all these mountains. I'll sign up for Amazon auto delivery because I want stuff delivered all the time. You know, like you kind of easily sign up, but then when things get tight, you're like, well, wait a minute, I want to look at what's getting shipped. I don't want to get, the amazon ship automatically or i don't want to buy a big pass i want to see where i want to go for this year you know what i mean and kind of a little bit more cautious with your spend
0: those are the first things i think you look to get rid of are yeah you know items like that
1: yeah subscriptions and things like that
0: yeah we'll see how that that plays out though but yeah and thank god for those small local places not even small the the independent places that are still kind of keeping it real and and not jumping into these passes and and giving people the option if they don't want to pick one of those to just go and
1: dude if you if you had a house with a little piece of land right next to that uh crystal mountain you just set up a little tow rope and be like come on over 10 bucks You ride the tow rope
0: pretty much right
1: (laughs) backyard skiing man why not yeah set up your own mountain
0: uh yeah sneak people in the back way
1: that will be awesome
0: all right next up so this is kind of i guess kind of play play along with that last article jackson hole if you go there you know again it's tough to get on the mountain these days and it's expensive and the hotels are, are crazy and they're more and more luxurious and more and more expensive but they now have places like the cash house c-a-c-h-e and this is something that happened in Whistler. I think it was last year or the year before where they are creating these small, what would you call them? Minimalist cubby style lodging. They're like the Japanese
1: efficiency hotels that you saw back in like the 80s that are still kind of around. And, and this is, there's another big push for this. I think I've seen it in New York City and like the tiny house fad, like it all goes with it.
0: All it means is that you're fucking broke. That you got to stay in <laughs> a place like this is really what they're trying to tell you. That you're fucking broke, but they're putting a fancy, you know, like history marketing twist on it to make you think you're being cool.
1: Well, I guess is, if you think about it, the ideas, if you get this luxury boiler room and you're at a place that you're going to be outside the whole time, it really is a waste of space, right? For sure. All you need is a place to bunk. So it's a safe place to bunk. Nobody's touching you or following you or
0: Mm, I would not guarantee that. (laughs) Come on, man. If you're staying in Jackson Hole, you're having a cup, you're going to the main G moose, you're having a couple drinks, you're staying here. You may wander into the You may wander into the wrong cubby. Let's be honest.
1: There's a little cubby with a curtain. There's not even a, a door.
0: Dude, this picture is hysterical. Like it's just it's it's like smaller than a bunk bed, but it's like a bunk bed that's enclosed. So your bunk is just a box. It's like a coffin slash bunk bed.
1: It's like where they put the dead people in the morgue. It's you know, like a morgue. Yeah, yeah, like you know the drawers they, they pull you out, roll you out. Same idea.
0: I just I, the description just cracks me up so goddamn much. <laughs> the hostel style retreat welcomes travelers into its lobby with a bright atmosphere and minimalist aesthetic. Its modern furnishings and custom lighting create a comfortable communal environment that encourages guests to gather and connect over a cup of freshly brewed Snake River Roasting Company coffee or prepare for the next adventure at the in-house library.
1: Yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but the minute they use the word hostel, I always think about bedbugs. I don't know why.
0: Or the movie Hostel.
1: Well, yeah, but I think about bed bugs. Like, okay, so you're talking bed bug infestation. <laughs>
0: mm. Actually, no, I think about human centipede.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. They're just
0: going to pull you out of your bunk and just sew you to someone's asshole and just. <sighs>
1: That's it. Welcome to your rest of your life.
0: Thanks, Jackson Hole. Yeah. But it says the shared living quarters feature 50 bunks dressed in custom wool blankets, ranging from queen full and twin size beds. Each individual cubby offers its own built-in lockable storage, outlets, fans, reading lights, and sound and light-blocking privacy curtains.
1: So while, while I wish them the best, there's just a whole lot of logistical problems with this. There's the person that shits their bed or vomits all over their little tiny cubby. There's somebody snoring at night. Someone's in, gonna like, be banging kind of in there.
0: Like, yeah. There's barely room for banging, but someone's gonna figure out a way to do it.
1: <laughs> but you have a curtain. You can hear banging on several of these little things. Like it's it's not gonna be just one person. There's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. There's gonna be a person snoring while somebody's banging, while somebody's like crying or having an argument with their girlfriend on the goddamn cell phone. You know what's like, gonna happen.
0: I'm, I'm looking at this thing, like how tall are each one of these like covers? <sighs> is it like is it even six feet?
1: I don't think you could stand up on
0: these. I don't think you could either, right?
1: They look like so. If you look at the size of the mattress, it looks like four mattresses piled up would fill that thing. So it's really so how
0: tall is a mattress? Like a foot, maybe? If it's a like a box spring and mattress, a foot and a half.
1: Yeah, maybe a foot. So it's like four, four maybe. Five. So you're not no, standing up in that like thing. This. You're just basically crawling into bed. <laughs>
0: You're better off sleeping in your goddamn station wagon, I think. Like, oh, yeah, Buy definitely. yourself a Subaru Outback. Buy a Subaru Outback. It's going to last forever. Put the seats down and sleep in the goddamn car. It's better off in so, this douchebag, minimalist, hostile thing.
1: Instead of doing this, how about have a parking lot with a little heat pump that comes like that you could put a hose into your car that pumps heat in there so you don't have to have it on. And a little electric thing that outlet. Well, you could do the same thing and then you have a public toilet, you're good.
0: Well, if you're in there, your, your body heat and your farts will keep you warm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but at least you have your own car, you know? Yeah. yeah.
0: You can't stand up in this thing. You can't stand up in the car. At least you can drive the car somewhere else too if you need to.
1: I don't think you could even change in that. Can you imagine like a half room and you're trying to change in it, like trying to take your shirt off? You couldn't even do it.
0: You know what you do? You work a little bit hard in the summer, save a few extra bucks and get a real goddamn friggin' hotel. That's, That's right. Do. Just
1: it could be a regular hotel room, but just small, you know, doesn't need to be not,
0: fancy. Don't need a goddamn no. suite, just right, not, not fancy this. And lavish. Yeah. This is ridiculous. This is going overboard. Re goddamn ridiculous. I don't want to be like a freaking six year old at, at camp, you know, yeah, exactly. Like a goddamn adult
1: craziness, yeah. <laughs>
0: But if you guys do want to pay for us to stay there, we're happy to, you know, hit us up, SkiBumpPodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> we want to change our minds with your 11, you bathroom. yeah. 11 bathrooms for your 50 people, which is disgusting ratio.
1: <laughs> it's a Every bathroom's going to be destroyed at the same time. You know that's going to happen.
0: Oh, I don't want to think
1: about that. It's just getting, so bad.
0: Someone's getting some poutine that night before. Uh just poutine and snake river beers. Like it's just going to be a mess. Throw some whiskey in there. You're freaking you're done. Wyoming whiskey.
1: Goddamn done. Yeah, Done. All right. Speaking of uh, which, at Jackson, <laughs> if you want to stay <laughs> at one of these efficiencies, the King and Queens of Corbett's is back again. Oh. So this is the one day competition competition, uh, within a week long weather window from February 10th through 15th this year. So wax up your skis, sharpen your edges and get your ass out there because, uh, it's an invitational event. So I guess if you didn't get invited, you might not know about it.
0: Um, Yeah. It's got a list of all the, the folks that are going to be involved.
1: Yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool though. So there's 24 of the world's top skiers and riders, um, and select local rippers, which is kind of cool. They keep it a little real with, uh, putting some locals in there. and yeah, they're gonna be they're gonna do a live stream that's gonna be available on jacksonhole.com and Red Bull TV. So big nice. props to Red Bull.
0: Um did you watch any of the videos of the people from last year? No, I didn't see them. they it's it's so awesome. Go to the uh, Kings and Queens video. Oh yeah, they got all of them. Oh my nice. god, like it's just <laughs> It's so just, they got
1: top three men, top three women. They have it all broken out pretty good. Highlights.
0: You know, I think it's almost easier to just launch into it than it is to try to ski down it. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> as long as you look good going in, who cares about the rest?
0: Exactly right.
1: At least you got a good story and some good footage before before all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But it's cool. They did a whole profile of all the uh, the people invited to it, so it's kind of nice.
0: It's awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. I actually met Tim Durchy at the uh, TGR event a couple oh, years just... ago. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, he, was, he was super
1: cool. <laughs> did you ask him about doing a backflip? Because he probably would have told you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I well, I wasn't on my radar, and I wasn't. I wasn't as into backflipping back then as I am now.
1: <laughs> Johnny Mosley basically just laughed you out of his face. This guy um... would probably be like.
0: No, Johnny is a gentleman and he humored me, which I really do appreciate.
1: <laughs> he humored you nicely. This guy would have just laughed and said, Well, if you really want to do it,
0: <laughs> yeah, all right, Princess, let's uh, that's right. We're gonna sleep at this, at this little uh hostel at the, the night before and then we're gonna hop right. out there.
1: But sleep now that- the s- safety deposit box for humans, <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you gotta watch this with the closed captions on because the closed captions are so just. Wrong and off with all like the uh, the proper nouns. Awesome. Talking about Jacksonville Resort. <laughs> it's, instead of Corbett's, is calling it Corvettes. <laughs> Corvettes. Yeah. Corvettes. Like cooler. Corv- Corvettes. Cooler. Yeah. We're jump into the Corvettes standing at the top. <laughs>
1: Okay. what are you doing jumping Wait. into my corvette
0: <laughs> little red corvette <laughs> back to Bad prince attitude. again back to prince it's all back to prince all right so i got kings and queens of corvettes happening it's in a couple of weeks but maybe you're not ready for corvettes or corvettes maybe you're still kind of trying to harness your your turns your your uh, technique there is a new thing Available for you. It's called Carve. C A R V. And it's an Did we app...
1: see this as, as a Kickstarter when it was just
0: starting? I think we did, and I think we didn't believe that this was gonna be real.
1: We weren't sure how it was gonna play out, but I, I know they had a whole spiel on it. And I think we saw this on Kickstarter and
0: it was we like, I think it was it says it broke the sports wearable record on Kickstarter. Yeah. I cannot confirm that.
1: And it seemed... Oh, it's on the bottom of their website. Yeah, that's where Um, I found that, yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. And I think we were just kind of trying to... I think we were pondering how it would work and and just were like, we we couldn't grasp our minds around it. And it was expensive. And I was like, yeah, I I don't know.
0: So what it is, it's... There's a thin insert that you fit into your ski boot and so there's the insert inside and then there's an outside piece that looks almost like a boot dryer in a way or not a, like a, um, a battery boot heater. Here. Yeah. yeah. Like this battery for the boot heaters on the back. So you put in the insert, you attach this tracker and then you have an app on your phone via Bluetooth that I guess pulls the data and, you know, records what you're doing. And it seems like, based on what they're saying here, that it actually will, if you have, you know, headphones in or speakers, it'll talk to you and tell you, like, hey, good technique, or you're leaning back. Or
1: see, that's the new part that they didn't have where we were like, okay, you could track it, but then you got to remember what you were doing. So this instant feedback is pretty awesome.
0: Yeah. It says that with the insert, it, tracks the pressure and motion analysis to uncover insights about your technique and then they have real-time audio coaching to tell you how to improve.
1: That's pretty cool. Because that real-time coaching is is important because while you're doing it, that's where the instructor yells at you.
0: Yeah. I hope it's like an Austrian voice too. <laughs> what are you doing? You must put forward.
1: we had italian federico yelling at us all last week
0: <laughs> pick
1: your balls up bend into the third
0: <laughs> it says it helps you to develop your balance refine your posture master each ski improve body isolation maximize edge control dude they
1: just had on a video they show a guy doing a, a flip this could coach you to do your backflip. Well, dude. That's,
0: that's actually... I just started thinking about that. If it could I'm give just saying, me...
1: Like, you watch that video, you, you, like, you leave it on the page and it's showing video of people skiing. They got people doing some crazy shit.
0: Or maybe Call it doesn't... Baby. Or perhaps it doesn't teach you how to do a backflip and it's on me to create the app. Oh! And it, like the app will be called like blkflp. Like i I'll get rid of all the vowels
1: or it could just be the special highfalutin ski bum advanced part of the car
0: it could be it could be like an add-on an add-on yeah unlock. Burp, burp.
1: if if you're able to have that skill level you could unlock the hfsb special special
0: app. i want i want them to send us this i want to test it out
1: that would be really cool to test it out
0: we should reach out to these people
1: well, especially we you know people that are just learning, so it would be interesting to see, like the difference, or get their opinion after they, you know, after they've taken lessons to see how this compares, right? Because I never oh, took lessons, so that's a good
0: know. idea, yeah. Because you're saying that Melanie's taking lessons right now, right? Or or was she was, yeah, yeah.
1: So to see what she would think about something like this, that would be kind of cool, yeah or Benjamin, see if he it
0: works with him. <laughs> um He doesn't listen anyway. You could say like, listen. go forward, do this. He'd be like, so we took Benjamin last weekend and I was using the ski trainer again and he was cruising in front of me. And of course, I'm using like all my strength and weight and locking it to keep him from flying down the mountain like a goddamn yeah. anvil on skis. He's going, Tucker Snowcat, Tucker Snowcat. I'm like, Benjamin, that's a piston uh, bully and look where you're going. Don't look over to the side. <laughs> he's like, he's looking in the wrong direction, like at the snow cat. He's all excited. I'm like, look uh, straight ahead. I'm like, look at mommy. Look, she's down there. <laughs> Tucker snow cat. Tucker snow cat. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Yeah, so this would be worthless for him.
1: I saw a um, this uh, instructor that had this kid had, had to be like three years old. He's not paying attention to anything. He's like talking to the lady about stuff that's happening all over. And she's like basically skiing backwards, pushing him up the mountain, just trying to keep him, you know, right up and, and not going anywhere. Uh, it was amazing. I was like, I actually saw her do that with, uh, earlier in the week with an adult. And I was like, Oof. wow, that is a freaking workout.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah.
1: See, kid, I'd hold back, but for an adult, I'd be like, "Look, dude, you're on your own
0: now." See ya. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on, man. Come on, man. I'm not holding you up, up. up. You're grown up. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so this, cool. this, this, this. I'd love to try it out. I don't know. I don't know what. Do you know what it is? How much it costs? I'm clicking on buy now. Two thirty nine. Two thirty nine. Two thirty nine. That's expensive, worth. but again, if you're if you look at what the price of a lesson is these days, Buy two. Not terrible.
1: So they have different sizes. Oh, I guess for your boot. Size D, E, F. So it must be by boot size. Because the insert goes on your foot, so it probably has to be a certain... Yeah, so looks three like... Three sizes.
0: Yeah, it's like a 26 and a half to 28 and a half is one of the sizes. Um...
1: <clears throat> yeah. So 4 to six and a half. 7 to
0: 10 and a half, 11 to 14.
1: Okay. So three basic sizes. It's not, not anything so specific.
0: It's usually 300, but I guess it's on sale right now. Yes. New Year sale. New Year's sale.
1: New year new sale. And they have a little chat there and it says, what brings you here today? Make sure you go in and chat and say, the High and Ski Bum sent me.
0: SkiBumPodcast.com sent us. That's
1: right. 30 day no cool returns. Free shipping.
0: There you go. Not bad. Definitely want to try this though.
1: That sounds really cool.
0: So we should we're gonna reach out to these folks and see if we can get a hookup. They probably were like, yeah, whatever, bro. (laughs)
1: Whatever, bro. We'll try. Do you want to do a backflip? You, you, you try using that, bro. You let yeah. me know how
0: it works out. Um, I tried doing a backflip using your Carve app, and I'm now paralyzed. So I'm returning this, and I want my money back.
1: <laughs> you return it as long as you take
0: video, bro. That's it. <laughs> yeah. I I'm not some- paralyzed, and this, this did nothing funny. to help me. <laughs> and I'm going to sue you. I was very injured.
1: I lost both my skis and my I was, glasses.
0: I was backflipping, and I was very injured.
1: I couldn't stop vomiting all night.
0: (laughs) All right. So that wraps up the ski news for the week. So Mario, for the main topic, you were just on a wonderful international ski trip.
1: Ski adventure.
0: Ski adventure. (sighs) Start us off from scratch. Where did you go? What did you do? How was it? Take it away.
1: All right, so I'll start. I was looking for what ski trip to take last year for this year. Now, I also had a big birthday last week, so it was kind Happy of... birthday. Thank you. It was kind of coordinating the birthday with the ski trip, and this kind of fell in there, and it was a ski trip to the Italian Alps in uh, Pregelato. Uh, I kept saying pregelato, and it's no pre- Gelato. so pregelato. Um and that means icy meadow in Italian. Uh so basically it's uh it was one of the areas that was part of the uh 2006 Winter Olympic Games at Turin. Oh cool. So um but it's in the Piedmont region. So a few things kinda you know hit hit my fancy is one, it was part of the Olympic Games in Turin, so it's near Turin. And two, it's in the Piedmont region, which is known for really good red wine, um,
0: which I kind of like. That's where Charles Shaw usually gets. Hey, that's exactly. right.
1: 2 Chuck. Um, correct. That's right. Uh, 2 little so, Chuck over there, right? That's right so uh yeah i booked the i booked the trip i knew it was the alps i had skied in italy and cortina before and that was the dolomites which is you know obviously a different mountain range different mountains all together so i figured hey i want to ski italian alps too this way i could say i've, I've been in the alps in a few different countries um and this is on the border of france so you can actually ski into france from here um so i looked it up it was a trip uh that went to the club med in pressure And I was like, yeah, I mean, I went to uh, club med last year with our buddy, Harry, and that was a lot of fun. Everything was included, you know? Um, so basically the deal was it's all inclusive. You get um, six days ski pass included. Uh, basically everything's included and you get uh, five days of a, guide slash instructor depending what level you are so i was like yeah it sounds really good sign me up Went with my girlfriend melanie she uh she really liked the idea of going because she wanted to uh level up she she's probably about an intermediate skier so she decided you know she didn't want to ski with me all the time she figured let me do some lessons uh and it went pretty good so we went there the area is pretty cool. Uh, there's, the main areas we skied are Pregelato, Sestier, uh, San Sicario, Sals de Lux, and Mont-Gener, uh, Montgener, which is France. Um, so our ski pass was good for every day in Italy and one day in France. Um, but it was pretty cool. We got to see the bobsled track in San Sicario, the Olympic ski runs in Sestiere. And the Nordic skier in Pregelato, which is still heavily used um so it was a, it was kind of cool to see that um the accommodation's really good, you know the whole setup was good we were right near like five hundred feet from a tram, so that
0: was helpful oh, wow, that's awesome yeah,
1: it was skiing and tram- uh tram out skiing, so was,
0: they don't really do the the on mountain lodging like we do here, right? In in Europe. Not uh, as much
1: at least. Yeah, they like they you see it in some places, but they're more little little tiny hotels, not like big hotels or like a big
0: there's not like area. condos or anything they have on the mountains. No.
1: It would be like one hotel on a mountain you see like yeah. here and there. Um so it's it pretty good.
0: It's very different from between Europe and North America, where it seems like a lot of we try to Control the area so much that we actually build right on it, where here it's like you're in the town, you're just down there, and the skiing area is so big that you gotta just take your tram up to to get to it, yeah, you kind of consolidate everything into the the towns right,
1: right, well, the cool part about this is because they had the Olympics in turn um it, so the skier is a are part of what they call uh Via Tea, which means the Milky Way and that Milky Way is part of their winter sports area in the Italian Alps. There, right? So it's Italian and French Alps. So when they had the Turin Olympics, they used that whole area for for all the on mountain stuff. So they had, like I said, you know, uh, it's all kind of connected, and they had, you know, the bobsled track, and then pregelato. They had the, you know, cross country, which they still use heavily. Um, Sistriere they run world cup events on that mountain still that's where they did a lot of downhill the super uh the um what you want to call it the giant slalom the slalom all that stuff uh so it's kind of cool they even had the ski jumps there in pregelato too so um they don't use them anymore but they're they're there uh it's kind of sad to see the stuff like that like the um, bobsled track and the uh, the ski jumps that aren't really being used anymore, they're just kind of there as like fixtures. As hey,
0: the Olympics were here one time, you know. Um, that's like, so, well, the worst one is Sarajevo, from yeah. the 84 winter games. Yeah, that's yeah. that one's really bad.
1: I mean, when I was in San Maritz last year, it was cool to see that um, bobsled track because they still use it. Like, we went down there and they're running people are doing time trials there all the time. So it's kind of a nice working facility. You're like, "Oh, they built it and it's it's still being used, so it's kind of cool. Um, but the club med what they did it was a different where we were staying was kind of different accommodations. It wasn't like a big hotel. what it was is um part of the one of the old they had several Olympic villages, and this little village was all separate houses. So what you had were you know houses throughout this little village. Where there was no more than four units in each house. Hmm. So while it was uncomfortable going from your room to the main area where they had, you know, food and dancing and all the stuff going on, it was kind of nice that it was still like your own private little villa, you know, uh, to go back to. So it was kind of cool.
0: So, Matt, uh, did you actually? So, it, where did you actually stay? Were you in?
1: in Pregelato?
0: Presgilotto is where you actually were staying. Okay.
1: Right. And then we skied into Sestriere. Okay. Um, So we took the tram up and that was still Prejolato and then ski one run and boom, you're in Sestriere. So it was really kind of convenient. If you look at the ski map, you can see Prejolato, Sestriere. Sestriere is probably like the bigger area. And then it connects into... um, uh Sanario Salsdor looks, and then Montgener in France is actually pretty big. There was actually pretty good snow there too uh that side of the mountain I think stayed a little bit colder um but it's but it's you know on the French side, so they only gave one day of the pass there, so we did that one day and then you kind of have to manage your time or come back. We came back via cab uh we took shuttle bus back because we don't you know it was too late to ski over we would have missed less
0: is it connected or did you, you said you have to take like a, a shuttle to get to it no it was
1: connected we skied all the way over there oh cool all right but to ski back uh we wanted to ski more there so we just stayed there the whole rest of the day and then just took a a cab back which was about a 35 minute ride so it wasn't it wasn't impossible wasn't too hard you know that was uh, about 20 euros no 12 euros twelve oh, euros that's each. Not bad. Yeah. So it was worth doing. And it was good because we had the guide and he's like, look, rather than go there, we could ski back, but we probably want to spend some time in France because the snow was a little bit better there. So we did a bunch more runs and ate there and then we came back. So it actually worked out good. Uh, Especially when you know somebody that knows the area that well, like they're taking you everywhere, you know, they know the ins and outs, they know the best way to do things. So it actually was a good hookup to have a, a guide for it. Um,
0: so now what's the terrain like? Was, was there any area that you went to that was, you know, like, like way more advanced or more technical, or was there just a, a nice variety in all of them?
1: So that area of the Alps, I don't, you know, it's different in, in all the different areas. I'm sure, like we've been to different parts of the Alps, and I think the mountains are a little different. Um, I don't think there was any super challenging terrain. Um, the snow when we went, they hadn't had snow in about 20 days. So while it stayed cold, and they had a ton of snow in like December, um, we didn't get a lot of fresh snow. We got um, about a half a foot on Friday. Uh, so our last day, Saturday, we had, you know, powder, which we can go, we we actually were able to go off trail on everything, uh, that day. So it was fun, but they had a good mix of like, they had tree areas, they had wide open areas. Um, it kind of stretched through a lot of different terrain, but I don't think anything was that challenging. If, if you, if you match it up against like a jackson hole or something like that i'd say you had some runs that were steep but there wasn't anything where it was like you thought you were gonna die you know what i mean
0: mm, okay
1: uh there were no cliffs it wasn't it wasn't terrain like that it wasn't like
0: uh, Chamonix or something right
1: yeah it wasn't brutal it was nice mountains like it was, it was pretty nice It was pretty pretty forgiving um so yeah, that was the snow and the terrain uh, on the front side. The front side was pretty nice, I got to say. It kept it was a lot colder, and it looked like they either had more snow or it just stayed more preserved, a little bit better. Because uh, when we got there, it was just about freezing. So we got lucky. We had bluebird days for the first five days. Yeah. You know, Perfect, beautiful sun. Uh, of course, no snow, but uh, it stayed right around freezing. So it wasn't like like hot or anything like that. It wasn't like spring condition. Um, and then we had the one day of snow, which was good. <clears throat> and then that, that powder day was actually pretty good. So in terms of other places in Europe, um, I would say... It was pleasant to ski uh, wasn't crowded um the lifts, everything was run very well. I liked it better than Cortina. Cortina was like this was more one big sprawling resort, even though it was it was resorts that were connected. It seemed very um very similar, where Cortina was you're definitely going into one resort, skiing into the next resort, skiing into the next. So while it was nice that it was changing, it was a little different. Some of the stuff was a little, little wonky. You know what I mean?
0: We well, used to that one too. Like you would take like a, uh, like a horse drawn ski lift. Yeah.
1: You're literally, you realize you're going into a different town. Like, yeah. but here, the towns that you were going into weren't big towns. Everything was like smaller towns. So you're just up in the mountains, like going around, which was, was kind of cool. Um, it was all very small towns. It wasn't any really big town. Sistria was the only big town, um, and that really wasn't wasn't huge. I mean, it was it was pretty small. You know, there's one big I'm row look- of shops, and that was it.
0: So I'm looking on the map here. So from Pragelato to Cortina, it's like a seven hour drive. Yeah, like they're almost like if you look at Italy, and if you know, it looks like the boot and where that top part kind of flares out and, you know, almost makes like a, like a rectangle there. It's almost like on the opposite ends of that rectangle.
1: Yeah. When I went to Cortina, we flew into Venice, which the nice part of that is we did a two day extension and did Venice. which in the winter is nicer because it doesn't smell like garbage like it does in the summer. <laughs> Cause I heard the summer's brutal there. Um a lot of
0: flooding and stuff, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just hotter and things, you know, things rot more and it was a little bit milder in the winter. Uh, so that was but that was also the Dolomites. So Cortina's in the Dolomites and this was in the Alps. So here we flew into um whatchamacallit? You know, we flew into Milan, okay. which is about three hours away, just under three hours. Some other people flew into Turin, which is only 2 hours away. So depending on which airline, we went United. Uh, other people went like Delta or some of the other ones in uh, or Lufthansa, and they went right into Turin. So, oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So you got to look at that. Um, with the, the Club Med was nice because if you book Club Med, they give you the transfer from any airport that's included. So that's one of the other things that you, know, you look at the price, and you're like, well, it includes food, drink, uh lift ticket guide. Um and uh it also includes airport transfer which is pretty big because if you decide to change uh which airport you're going to, they don't care. They're like, okay, we'll take it out as long as you go to the airport. We we're not stopping <laughs> anywhere else but the airport. So
0: um it's like i my flights out of London. Like no problem. Yeah. We'll get you no, there.
1: No problem, bro. We got you. <laughs> Newark, yeah, yeah. we'll we'll, we'll drive you there.
0: So is there any place that you would compare this to that you've been to that's similar in Europe?
1: Um, so uh, there were some parts that seemed a little bit like Zermatt, but Zermatt was just, I think, a lot bigger, taller and bigger. This wasn't as tall. Uh, I would say most of the runs were intermediate. The black runs were hard intermediates, like, you know, maybe easy blacks they weren't like a black and jackson hole a telluride you know what i mean uh there weren't a lot of uh narrow tree areas uh they did have some really i was really uh, uh kind of bummed out that we didn't have that snow early in the week because the trees looked really nice if we had good weather it would have been freaking awesome because the terrain looked great if you had good snow you can go anywhere without having to worry about falling off a, a rock or you know, a drop off or anything like that. It looked like a lot of fun. You just zip around anywhere. Um,
0: that's a bummer man about the snow not having as, as much, but
1: yeah, you know, that's just it is
0: that, what it is. That's the that's rub. Right? Yeah.
1: yeah. But apparently, you know, in the, wherever you go in the Alps, like I think one of the things I learned off of this trip was. was no. And, it actually stays pretty true. Cause talking to the locals there, I was like, well, you know, you got snow the same week last year. They're like, oh, we get this snow this week every year. And we did get snow on Friday. So it was kind of cool because I was like, wow, oh. you got snow that same week last year. They're like, yeah. And they had a big gap in when they got the snow too. So they're like, yeah, we get it like December they get pounded. And then it, it just kind of goes away for the, for the holidays. And, you know, it's quiet and it's just cold. And then they start getting more snow in January. Um, but it's pretty interesting that it's that, that consistent.
0: Interesting. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: So one of the other things that, uh, that was good about the location is we were pretty close to a bunch of things. So if you want to go to Turin, there were a lot of international travelers that we met that flew into Turin and did Turin for a day or two. Because uh, there's a lot to see, a lot of historical stuff to see in Turin, um, and that's only two hours away. So they did that, and then they they came over. Uh, of course, on their two to three week vacations, because they're European, not <laughs> dumbass North Americans that run out for a week of vacation and run right back to work. Um, so that you know, like Turin's like two hours away. Uh, we went to Barolo. Um, we did an excursion to Barolo and Alba, uh, which is only two hours away. if anybody doesn't know what Barolo is, uh, go look up a Barolo wine and try to buy one for under about 50 bucks a bottle. Um, it is delicious though. So we went to Barolo, did a little tasting. We did a little sampling eating, um, had a little, a real Piedmont, uh, lunch, which is basically they fill you with a whole lot of meat and cheese and pasta. Uh, but it was good. We went, you know, did Barolo, went to a really nice winery, the Veglio winery, which they don't sell in the U.S. Um, hang out with the hung out with the Vintner and he his English wasn't great and we didn't have a translator. So we we're actually picking up because I could pick up a little bit of Italian. I did take Italian and he knew a little bit of French and somebody else knew French. You're
0: like I used to live in North Jersey. I know some <laughs> Italian. Yeah. Forget about it
1: but uh, it was pretty cool because I guess he said there's a lot of German visitors. So he knew German. So I could pick up some German. Then Melanie knew some French. So he spoke a little bit of French and then he was trying to explain time where we couldn't like figure it out. We were actually using Google Translate and it actually <laughs> helped a lot. So it was pretty funny. But uh,
0: So how now... far was that from uh, where you guys were staying in per- Pergola? Oh, that,
1: that was like the two hours. Uh, two hours? Okay. Yeah. And then once you're in Barolo... Barolo and Alba are two cities right near each other. Alba has a lot of historical stuff. Uh, Barolo is actually on the uh, UNESCO um, World, what do you call it? UNESCO World Heritage Sites.
0: Oh, really? So
1: Barolo and the wine uh, and the vineyards around it are part of the UNESCO site. So it's a place that's really known for um, just incredible wines uh, and truffles. So they find a lot of truffles there. Now, unfortunately, we found out from January 7th to February 7th every year, they close the uh, Wine Museum and the Truffle Museum, where they do huge tastings. Bastards. So we didn't get to do that. Yeah, we we got there. We're like, motherfuckers. (laughs) Uh, And then Barolo has a castle, which uh, is where the... uh, They they do tours of that, but it takes about an hour. And we didn't go into that. We're like, yeah, we wanna, but I guess the castle's been there. It was like, you know, a family castle. And then eventually went into disarray and the city bought it. And that's kind of if you look at a bottle of Barolo, a lot of times they'll use that castle or a drawing of the castle on the bottle. And that's that's what it is. It's the symbol of Barolo. But yeah, it was really cool. Great wine. Bought some wine, brought some back. And it was fun to break up, have a have a good rest day and, and do something. Uh especially you go to, to a, a UNESCO World Heritage site, that's pretty rare to see, you know.
0: That is pretty neat, yeah. Uh beautiful that's, that's cool. You can yeah, when you break up your day and you have something like that you can go to where it's only a couple hours away.
1: Yeah, when we went, uh before we went, I was looking around like, okay, what are we gonna do on the rest day? And some people like doing, you know, um, you know, some something active like, you know, um snowmobiling or or you know something else like you know something like sweating that sweating or yeah right and i was like well what's in the area i mean we're in freaking italy so why not let's go to barolo so then while we were there uh the other thing that happened is there we left on sunday saturday the world cup women's giant slalom and slalom uh were in air and the nice. there were uh nordic races at pressure on saturday and sunday as well so all throughout the week there was this buzz going on so every time we went to sister they had the course like perfectly manicured they had like it staked off nobody could go on it and all day like we would be out there and we'd be watching people on the course and we're talking to the guy he's like yeah they're checking You know, he's like, oh, those people are just walking down the mountain. They're checking the course. So they actually go through and to see it like over the week, the preparation that goes into it for that one race. It was pretty amazing. Like they really like are looking for every little spot, every little, you know, inflection curve, imperfection on the on the course before anybody even gets on it, because the racers aren't allowed to get on the course. I think they get one practice run and then they they race. Oh wow! So, yeah, they don't they don't get to look. You know, they don't really get to feel how it is. You know, like it's just and it's cordoned off. Like nobody's on that course. They actually had military. They had dudes in fatigues, and I guess it was um, Italian military that helps with some of the setup. But they also do security while they're helping with the setup. So it was kind of interesting to see like how locked down this place was. Um, and then of course everything was was perfect. And then they got snow the day before the the event.
0: (laughs) The one time they don't want it, right?
1: And that just throws them into disarray because, you know, everything's nice and packed down and hard the way they like it for racing. Uh, And then they got a little snow on it. So uh, the interesting part about it too is, so the week before in Austria, um, Frederica Brignoni, I think she won first in the giant slalom or slalom. And, uh, who's the other one, uh, Marie, uh, Marta, Marta Bassino. Marta Bassino. So there are two Italian racers that did really well the week before, and they've been doing well this year in the world cup. So there was a buzz around town because Marta Bassino is from around Turin. So she's from the Piedmont region and Federica brignoni uh, she is, you know, just a, a really good uh, Italian racer. So instead of getting about 15 or 16,000 people at this event, they were expecting, and they probably did get about 20,000 people at the event. Wow. Uh, because the Italians are rabid for something to cheer good about. Cause they're basically all they have is soccer. And now they're starting to get a loving for, uh, you know, ski racing because, you know, some of these, you know, women are doing really well, especially. So, uh, it was good to be there for that buzz and to see the event. And, um, if anybody hasn't keep been keeping track that event we saw on Saturday, we saw the first run, uh, from the side or from the chairlift and, and just kind of kept looking in on it. We didn't like sit and watch. Uh, it was pretty cold out and it was pretty, it was a powder day. So we're like, we want to get some <laughs> runs in. Uh, but the way it ended up, uh, after the two runs for the giant slalom, was uh, Federica Brignoni. Uh, she got first tied with Petra Vlova from Slovakia. Um, and then third was Michaela Schifrin by one one hundredth of a second. So you had three women separated by one one hundredth of a second. Isn't that crazy?
0: That's so crazy. Yeah. And two
1: tied. I don't know how you tie when you go down to that level of, of time. I know, right? They tied. I'm like, that's crazy. So it was pretty interesting, pretty exciting race. And the U S ski team, uh, so for the Nordic events, there were some people that went right out of the hotel. They just walked down, uh, to the the Nordic area, which was heavily used all week. Um, and they watched, uh, you know, some of the races that went off there and they said it was, it was pretty fun to watch very close to. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that was good. um, but, you know, going down to watch the, uh, that World Cup, it was, it was pretty interesting to see, you know.
0: Yeah. There was almost 20,000 people there for that race?
1: Yeah. Wow. And that was in sistier So sistier, uh, they always have World Cup races there. Uh, it's the old Olympic course, and they race on it still. And uh, it's a nice little town, you know. Um, they got some, you know, they have the old, that's where the old big Olympic village was. And the US ski team, when they came in, they came in via helicopter on Thursday night. And it was a big deal because people were like, Holy crap, that's the US coming in on helicopter. And they came from Austria where they raced the week before. And Michaela Schifrin and the whole the uh, women's ski team was was coming in. So it was pretty a pretty big deal. So our guide was he told us the whole inside thing. He's like, Oh, you don't understand. It's such a big deal to have it here. You know, number one, you know, the Italians are racing well. he said, But for this town, he's like, uh, the athletes come in usually Thursday. Uh, some may come early, but they're usually at another site. So he said Thursday they come in. Usually Friday night they have big galas and events to um, to welcome you know the the upcoming event the next day. Then the next day they have galas and everything celebrating the win and introducing the next event for the next day. So it's kind of like this whole night parties, you know, maybe not for the athletes, but for the media and press and stuff like that. There's all this stuff going on. So he was like, uh, he was excited because, so he, he was, he teaches and, you know, guides at the club med like during the week, but then he goes home and what he was going to do on the weekends, he, um, coaches, uh, little kids, uh, you know, just learning, uh, in local town. So they were actually, uh, he went back Friday and got on buses with the little kids on Saturday and brought them all up to watch the world cup. So it was pretty cool.
0: That's so cool.
1: So, and he was a guide and I was telling Brian before he's a farmer, Federico, good guy.
0: Shout out to Federico.
1: Shout out. Federico took over the family farm and he said he found out a way to be a farmer during the non ski season. And then, a ski instructor during the ski season and he said it works perfectly i was like that's awesome
0: living the dream
1: he does he raises chestnuts and other vegetables so it's pretty cool
0: that's so cool
1: he was actually telling me that uh they just got new ski jackets so he's like yeah they shell it out of their own pocket like nobody pays for it like i was like the club doesn't pay for it or he's like no we pay for it he's like but i have them all in my house we're like oh he's like he said some people sell them but i don't i'm like what do you mean It has this big emblem of the Italian uh, ski school. So all over Italy, there's like a big pride and it's very hard to get that designation. So you said what people do is they sell it um, not knowing who they sell it to. And some people grab those and misrepresent themselves as ski instructors.
0: Oh, that isn't this one that says like ITA in the back, is it?
1: No, it's like the it's like that that it's a crest. It's like a round crest. And it's okay. the, uh, ski school of Italy. So it's pretty. And while we were there, they had like tryouts going on for some of the ski instructors. And it's pretty cool to see. They were like all standing at the top of a hill and they're watching them go down one at a time. And they're, they're evaluating They have exams. They have like stuff they need to know. I was like, cause I asked him, I was like, how long does it take? He's like, the tryouts are like 10 days. And, uh, They pick a few people and they do it once a year. I was like, wow. No kidding. Wow. And you have to be an instructor already. So you already have to have a certain level. And then this is to make that master level. That's And you know what it says on the jacket? It says Maestro.
0: Maestro. The Ski Maestro. I like that. Ski Maestro. I think I need to get a tattoo of that. It says Ski Maestro. Ski Maestro.
1: It's right along the back.
0: That's pretty awesome. Ski Maestro. So they weren't for sale, his jackets? Yeah.
1: Oh, he's got them locked up in his farm, man. He said to use them for like working on the farm. I thought it was funny.
0: Dude, a ski Maestro jacket would be pretty sweet.
1: Yeah. But it's funny. You see ski instructor, right? And then you see ski Maestro. So I think it's the Maestro level to get to that level. That's the hard one.
0: I feel like you should almost have like a pair of, you know, like some tracks. In the shape of like a violin.
1: Aha. that's right, it's ski maestro, ski
0: maestro. <laughs> so now, how would you rate the town? You know, because you know, like you you went into the skiing, you talked about it, and I know you stayed at the the club med, so a lot of that stuff is already included. But I know you tend to kind of like to delve out and and try some some things as well that are not included. What was the the feel of, and vibe of the town there?
1: So all the towns except for Sistiere were sleepy little towns that you probably wouldn't spend much time in, right? They might have a local bar. We didn't go to those. it wasn't it wasn't really walkable and we were pretty beat up. Um so Melanie <laughs> this is probably the first time Melanie skied multiple days in a row. Um and by day two she was uh, okay. just destroyed. So day three, we took off and went to Barolo, which was good to walk around because her legs and everything just loosened up again, and she felt better for the rest of the time. We also did get, uh, we got a package where we had three massages, three nights of massages. So that helped too. Nice. (laughs) So they had a nice spa there, got little massages. Um, We didn't go to the local town in Pregilato because it really wasn't much. There was one little bar and even the local people that work there at the club then were like yeah they're like it's just good for lunch but it, it closes down pretty early uh when we were in sister Year for the world cup event we walked around the town there and got some souvenirs and stuff and that was a cool little vibe there was like you know people drinking champagne at the bar that had like an outdoor and it was sunny out and they're watching like the world cup in the distance like from far away it was kind of cool uh, so there was that little chic, little vibe in Sistier. Uh, and that was more of a little, little town to visit. Uh, but that was quite a bit away that was probably like a, by cab, that was probably 25 minutes away. So, uh, we didn't, we didn't go, we hung out there for the world cup a little bit. Um, and it was nice, but it was very touristy and I could see if you went with a group of friends, it would be cool. Uh, but we just kind of went in and out, saw the vibe and and then we, we went, but Nothing like we've seen in some of the other places where they have big apres, ski and big, big vibe. This was very, um, it's
0: definitely not like an ishkill or anything.
1: No, not at all. It was, uh, very much chill vibe. I, I mean, I liked it. It was comfortable, uh, but it was that's just what was there. There really wasn't much. It was all about skiing, you know. It's kind of like the snowbird of the Alps,
0: <laughs> the Italian snowbird.
1: <laughs> the Italian snowbird. Oh, <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> all right that's pretty cool. So would you, uh, I mean, that's, that's a lot, you went to a lot of detail and that was, that sounds really cool. So would you recommend like, so who would you recommend this for?
1: Um, it depends what kind of thing that you're going for. So some of the people we met, like we met this one couple that actually did, uh, the, the guy and the girl did one week of, Nordic skiing and then the guy was still doing he did two weeks of Nordic skiing. So if you want to go for Nordic skiing, this is like one of the probably the best places in the world to go if you want a great workout, you know, and kind of level up on your Nordic skiing, because the place they had there is massive. There's the their Nordic park leads into like these um um I guess Italian preserves. They have these these big parks. So all the trails go up and in, into there if you want. So it's kind of neat. You, there's a lot of terrain to go through. Um, you know, if you're looking for a nice, chill environment, you want good skiing. If the snow is good, this place is probably very fun and not super, super difficult or dangerous. Okay. You know, uh, so I put it at
0: that. Uh, what was the but, elevation like there?
1: Maybe maybe topped out at eight, but let's see.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, if you're doing the Club Med thing, I mean, that's a whole different situation. Um, I think I told you this, this Club Med, so the Club Med's are all different. They have different prices, they're different levels. This was a a four star. So the food was excellent. I gotta say like, you, you know, you might think you're gonna get tired of the food. Uh, every night they, they try to wow you, so it was, it was pretty good. Uh, entertainment was pretty good. They actually had, so one of the girls that was skiing with Melanie was a singer from, she's originally from Belgium, moved to Paris and she got into a band that was pretty well known there. She's like a modeling and singer kind of person. So she got in with this band that's pretty well known. They actually flew them up to entertain for the whole week. So she was staying there working and singing at night and skiing during the day. She's like, I'm here. I might as well ski.
0: That's so, pretty awesome.
1: Yeah, so we hung out with her. She was a sweetheart and uh she's really talented and it was nice. Like w- the club med we were at in um St. Moritz last year, the entertainment kinda sucked. And I think they fired the singer during the midweek or something like <laughs> that. Like there was some something going on. She was horrible. Uh this was a whole band and they were they were really good. They played a lot of covers. Um but you know, the singer was great and she just joined the band though. The rest of the band was really good, so uh, I guess they, uh, they're they pretty well-known in, in Paris, so Damn. they brought them up. That's pretty cool. Um, and there were a lot of kids at this one. So this was an upscale one, but I tell you what, people brought their kids because you know what happens with the kids? They take them out and they, they're they on the mountain the whole day while you're skiing.
0: Dump them in ski school and go have your fun, yeah.
1: That's it. And they're going with a guy that watches them. Like You see ski groups here and ski school or whatever... It's more like for teenagers and above, whereas over in Europe, you see ski school of like five-year-olds, like they're just out little kids just skiing all together and just, it was funny. It was fun watching them, especially with the snow on Saturday, because all of them went by the World Cup event and they were skiing by there. So you see them in like big packs going out and they're just like, so these little kids ripping through trees and jumping over shit and just like falling and not caring and laughing and talking Italian. It was, it was pretty funny. It was pretty cool to That's watch. So it should you know? be, I mean, they were tiny. Some of them were so tiny they had a slow lift down just to put them on. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so awesome.
1: So it was kind of cool, but yeah, even at the club bed, there was a lot of kids uh, running around. So it was cool.
0: Very cool. So it's, uh, what you're saying is it's kind of high end, probably a little more chill, family friendly, um, and if that's the kind of vibe you're going for, that Pregolato is, is right up your alley.
1: Yeah, I think... Uh, well, and so they have this one in Pregolato. So this is a, a place that they bought. Now, they're ready to break ground soon. They're waiting for the final approval from the state. But in... I think it's close to the They're going to build um, a brand new Club Med. Rather than take over another building, they're building their own new building. And it's going to be a um, the one we were at was little little different houses, um, and I think they they said they had seven hundred rooms. This one's going to be a thousand rooms, and it's going to be all oh. upscale. So, yeah, and they said by twenty twenty two. So they're really investing a lot. Um, Clubbed, I think I mentioned it last year. If anybody doesn't remember, um, Clubbed was bought by uh, a Chinese in, uh, Chinese company. So what. Happened was I think they were kind of on the way down. And just what they used to do, like e- even talking to people there, a lot of the people that we met were pretty high net worth people. And they've been going to Club Med for years. So they know the whole history. And they're like, oh yeah, I remember going to a Club Med that was one of the original ones. And it's that old shitty hotel. <laughs> um, but you know, what they would their whole model before used to be not so glamorous hotel accommodations, but you did a lot of events and you had everything included. Well, now they've changed their model to be luxury and all the activities as well. You know what I mean? All inclusive meaning all activities included too. So they're getting rid of all the old places. I think they, they're finally getting rid of like the last few they got rid of and they're building new ones. And, uh, they're not buying as many, but they're building new ones uh, as they go on. And if you look in the Alps, uh, on their website, I think I have a link on the show notes, uh, the Club Med Alps, they actually have in France, Val Terrens, we're looking at one for next year. Um, and I never thought I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to another Club Med. Uh, it actually actually works out pretty good. I was talking to these people. There's one guy that we were skiing with. He goes by himself because his friends are dicks and they don't want to ski. <laughs> So they want to go like, you know, sit on some beach somewhere and drink and do nothing and, and whatever. So he likes to ski. So he, he takes off by himself. He said, he's done it five years in a row. He's come to the same place in Prejolado. and he said, he's got status now. So what they do is they send a personal car for him. Uh, They include the skis in his whole package and he doesn't do anything with his skis. He actually shows up. They know his height, weight, what skis he had last time and it's waiting in the locker for him in the morning. Then he's finished with skiing, he goes back to his room, and they take his skis and they put it back in his ski locker for him.
0: That's how you do it.
1: I'm like, that's fucking baller. That's how you do it. Yeah, he's from Germany, that guy. He was pretty cool. Nice, Derek. but yeah, yeah, so if you get status with Club Med, like you get all these perks, you know what I mean? You don't get mm-hmm. a shuttle, you get like a private shuttle. And then if you get another status, you get a private car. Like it's definitely like there's there's things to it. Um and then in every Club Med, well, the only two that I've been to, there's always something like small that is unnoticed that's like secret. So uh, we actually found this secret baller bar, which we took pictures of with a poker room um, and that poker room after about ten, eleven o'clock at night, there's people playing poker and, and if you guys decide to play for stakes, that's all on you. They stay out of it's it.
0: It's like Casino Royale.
1: It's pretty cool. It's like an underground <laughs> casino.
0: Very nice. It sounds like it was an awesome trip. Could have used a little more snow, um, but uh, a yeah. great, a great fun time awesome food i guess as well oh the food
1: was amazing um just it's italy man just everything
0: can't go wrong right
1: you can't get a bad meal in italy i don't know yeah uh the wine tasting was good you know it was more chill um i gotta say this was one of the more chill like i was in bed early earlier than i have been um and i was fine with it because uh, i was pretty tired from skiing all day I mean, we That's... went out at like, we caught the lift before nine, and we would be back after four. And but we would break for about an hour and a half and eat like a big Italian lunch. Nice. So it was pretty good though. Very cool. Big fan.
0: You posted some photos and videos. You probably are you gonna post some more? You think?
1: Yeah. I got some more to post and I'm thinking about if anybody wants to follow or subscribe to the newsletter, I'll probably put something out in the newsletter, a little bit more of a write-up on the area, a little bit more of a write-up on the wine tasting and a little bit more of a write-up on uh club Ed in general. Um, and that'll be either in the newsletter and or the blog.
0: You'd be a fool not to sign up for that. That's right. So you have, it. we have it linked on the show notes for this particular episode but it's also in our footer and on the homepage at skibumpodcast.com so you're going to want to check that out so Mario thank you so much everyone there will be some great information show notes check it out SkiBonePodcast.com and go to Instagram to check out all the videos and photos Instagram.com slash ski Under the Ropes <laughs> That one story here we're going under the ropes this was something that has been i've i've been hearing about this for the last couple of months and i know there's been some some issues with with the uh the nba and issues um i don't know if with the sec but there is a i like that they're having this conversation though you know what? It's it's really cool. So the NBA... pushing uh, that envelope, right? Yeah, there's a player in the NBA on the Brooklyn Nets, Spencer Dinwiddie. I hope I'm saying that right. I'm not a big NBA fan, but this story was fascinating. Sounds like a broker name. Sounds
1: like a old money, we have a, a, a trust firm name, right?
0: It sounds like the people who took over the Duke spot in Trading Places when they lost it on the frozen concentrate orange Din- juice trade. Dinwiddie and Duke? The Dinwiddie and Dukes, Yeah. <laughs> So I was reading about Spencer a little bit, and he really is like a tech, like a tech guy. He's like, I think he describes himself as like a a tech nerd with a jump shot or something. Nice. Um, So he's a player. He's a, a guard, I think, a point guard for the the Nets. And what he's done is he is working on creating digital shares of his contract. So, you know, if you are you know, if you have a 401k or you invest, you probably have some stock in in companies. So say you have 10 shares of Amazon stock, that means you own 10 little chunks of the company. And what Spencer is trying to do here is he's trying to create almost like his own, in a way stock, but it's it's actually a bond in him and his current NBA contract.: That's pretty awesome. It's really cool. So there'd be 90 shares total at $150,000 each to verified accredited investors. And the league is still kind of reviewing this. And this was supposed to go live this past Monday. Because I was reading about this for a while. And they tried doing it back in the fall and it got blocked. And now he's trying it again. He's working. And,
1: I like it. He's working for it.
0: So this is actually going to be done, I think it's on the Ethereum blockchain, they were saying. I've been kind of following the whole Bitcoin crypto space for a while now. And there was a whole thing in 2017 called the ICO boom, which was the uh, initial coin offering. So you know, if you're a big company or you're a company that wants to get big, you have an usually an IPO, which is an initial public offering. You issue stock, your founders get rich, and people can trade and own your company. Same kind of thing happened. It was very scammy though. The, uh, the whole crypto one, a lot of people lost a ton of money. Yeah. But yeah. so this is similar but different. So what he's doing, so he's going to collect 13 and dollars upfront based on these tokens. And each one of these tokens will be tradable after a year and pay out 4.9% interest on a monthly basis.
1: So basically this is a way for him to get upfront money and the benefit that you get out of it is the interest.
0: I think it's the interest.
1: So he gets upfront money rather than waiting for it in his contract. That's his, his take. That's where his benefit is, right?
0: Yeah. And it says investors in total stand to earn $2 million over the next three years. He's paying.
1: So is he going to pay like how, where's that money coming from? Cause his contract isn't appreciating, right?
0: Right. Well, that's the thing. I the way I thought about it, and I don't I don't know if this particular because they're called SD eight coins because I guess he's number eight and Spencer didn't (laughs) read, so it's like dollar sign SD eight coins. The way I was thinking about it, and I don't think it works this way, but I think in the future it's going to work this way. It's almost like imagine you knew about him when he was in high school, and then he issued this sort of Bond at that time, so you could be like, "Listen, man, I'm going to give you. Say you're going to issue a hundred.
1: Well, that's more of a stock because you're waiting for it to go up. If this is a bond, then that's saying that he's raising thirteen point five. Is that it's a, a
0: debt 5? instrument versus? Yeah, this is a debt instrument versus a uh, a stock right. instrument. So he's uh, equity. 13.5 yeah,
1: five on let's say twenty million dollars, and that difference is what he's giving back to the investors. Yeah, early. Something like that,
0: right? Yeah. And I'm guessing, I mean, I mean, I don't know why you invest in this p- exactly, but it seems like the way I'm thinking about it and the way I want to see it is, I want to see it. It's like, okay, say you invest in him now and he gets another big contract after this one's up. Like you'd almost get a cut of that next one.
1: I don't think so. It's cut because it's a bond. So This the one on. you're
0: not. No, no, no. Yeah, this one you're definitely not. But I'm saying that's the one I'd want to be involved if that if that ever came to fruition
1: right it's like the government issuing bonds right so they they take money they chuck it aside and they say if you want to buy a bond it'll mature in x amount of years and they're waiting for well it's a little bit different what they do is because they they're it's kind of like appreciating like they're getting money and then they share it with you after the seven years or whatever right this is kind of like he's counting on his guaranteed so i guess it would be on guaranteed money not incentive money right
0: I think so, yeah.
1: So if you think about that, if you have $20 million guaranteed money, you could say, okay, uh, if you want to buy a piece of that, instead of me waiting for my $20 million in guaranteed money, he's going to get 13 and a half right now. And at the end of when he, he gets that $20 million final, when that final payday comes in, that's when you get your 4.9%.
0: I think that's how it works. Yeah.
1: So it's well, it would have to be on guaranteed money because anything else now you're talking about guaranteed money versus a potential up or or down. Which because if he gets injured, it has to be guaranteed money. Or otherwise, you're out. Sorry, 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 everybody. Thanks, <laughs> thanks. But you know, I got my thirteen point five million. See ya.
0: Yeah it's it's kind of interesting. It's just, it's cool that something like this is actually happening, though.
1: Well, in the article, they talk about the David Bowie. Did you see that?
0: The Bowie bonds from back in the day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that looks like a little bit more, I could wrap my mind around it.
0: He was so ahead of his time. It was ridiculous. It's amazing.
1: So he did bonds to buy a share in 10 years of royalties. So I guess you figure out the average amount of royalties he's going to get. He uses music everywhere. Yeah. So that was on the music that he owned. And he used that, the money that he raised, which is $55 million to buy additional songs that were owned by a previous manager. So that's pretty smart as hell. So he needed he that because loan. He,
0: saw, well, he actually talked about knowing how this like, uh, streaming music was going to come to be. like there's interviews oh. with him... In like the '90s, saying that he, this is what's going to happen.
1: So he so by, needed the money because he ran out. He knew I got to get I got to get my music back before it goes streaming. Otherwise, I'm not going to be able to afford it. Kind of.
0: Yeah, I'm not going to miss out in the next evolution of music, the next uh, big format that's going to take place.
1: So if you think about it, he actually, so he must have come up with an estimate of 10 years of royalties. To be able to offer these bonds, to say they're going to mature in ten years, and you'll be able to get this much plus your plus your interest, because that's the benefit of a bond, right? You guaranteed
0: interest. Usually, yeah. Usually, right? Um, Depending on the kind of bond, yeah.
1: Yeah. So you get your your money back. So that's why you invest in it because you know the interest you're getting back it's kind of fixed. And he's getting his money up front. And he was racing to try to get that lump sum to buy more songs.
0: And he nailed it because by 2007, that's when iTunes was already up and running. And I'm sure he made a a fortune getting that back.
1: I wonder what, what songs he had to buy. It must've been something big, like shit. I forgot. Like Like that space
0: oddity or some like the really old stuff, which I'm sure that whatever contract he signed into was just like, so shady and awful and screwed him over.
1: Yep. Hey, you want some, you want $10,000 now? Sign away your life. Kid. A famous kid. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why like, what is it? The Beatles owned all their own stuff just about.
0: No. Didn't Michael Jackson own the Beatles music for a while? He owned a lot. And then, um,
1: what's a, sir, sir. Uh, what's his face?
0: McCartney, Boy. right?
1: McCartney owned a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Isn't that crazy? Like the amount of money that shit brings in.
0: I know. It really is crazy. It's staggering when
1: you think about how these uh, entertainers get paid. But mm-hmm. hey, you know, with NBA and football and, and baseball, con- baseball contracts are out of control now.
0: Oh, dude. They're for Without- like a pitcher who pitches like 15 pitches a game. They're making like $20 million a year.
1: What was that, that contract they just signed? It was um, Mike Trout years 426 million dollars
0: isn't that crazy oh damn that is beyond price harper three
1: god manny machado 300 million i mean these guys are all i remember a rod when he signed that huge deal with the with with the rangers 26 million a year yeah it was kind of a killer, right? It was it basically killed the team because they couldn't afford to pay for anybody else. So then they trade him to the Yankees, and I think they were still paying part of his contract, even though the Yankees were paying him a shitload of money. Yeah. Part of that was coming from the Rangers, and now you look at the the deal that he signed. He was at he's at they said two fifty two with the Rangers, two seventy five with the Yankees. Now they blew it away four hundred twenty six now. <laughs> Like, for a pitcher. Are you kidding me? Jesus. That's just insane.
0: That's still not as much as the Mets are paying Bobby Bonilla, though. Yeah. <laughs> was getting paid forever. Getting
1: paid. And- <laughs> well, they do that whole deferred shit where they pay him, like, after 50, right? They keep
0: paying him. Oh, uh, the interest rate that he got was, like, what, like, like, 8% or something?
1: The way they do some of these deferred, like, they were doing the deferred... I think they still do it. It's, like, it's crazy. These guys are, like... Still walking around, retired for years, still getting paid.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this is going to be this is cool. It's something that we're probably going to see more of down the road as athletes are starting to own their personas and their contracts more and more.
1: coin before long.
0: You never know. Like, imagine you were a North Carolina fan back in the early '80s. You know that Michael Jordan guy? He's going to be something. You could somehow like invest in Michael Jordan when he's still in college and yeah. just hold that and be like, you know, a thousand x your uh, initial investment.
1: Well, honestly, that's opened the door for it now that they've allowed um you know, uh college athletes to maintain their the royalties on their likeness, right? So yeah. you could do that and say, "Look, I'm going to invest in little Michael Jordan that he's going to be something and it's like kind of playing out a future right like
0: don't even start with this integrity of the game bullshit with me because you know what there's no fucking integrity in any sports anymore go you know it's funny go find a picture of fenway park in 1980 with the with the banners and the um advertisement to fenway park today and you will just it's like a hundred x more friggin bullshit advertising just plastered all over the place. Now, like, have you seen, like, in baseball, they're now going to have the Nike logo on everything? Like, I guess Nike's the official they're gonna jersey.
1: They're going to be human NASCAR people all over. It's yeah. be like soccer, international soccer, where they got all the shit all over. Uh, the internet.
0: Yeah, because these dipshits want to make more money.
1: Yeah. Well, basketball said they were going to start it. I don't know if they did.
0: They did. They have, like, a patch on the uh, patch, like yeah. A shoulder. Yeah.
1: That's it, man. That's it. That started it.
0: slippery slope.
1: Yeah. yeah, integrity game. I ask people got to get paid.
0: There's no integrity.
1: No, but if you, if you're a college player, I think you know it's bullshit. Like these these universities make a shit ton of money off mm. your blood, sweat, and tears, and you blow out your knee and you got nothing. See you later, kid. But you got an education. Chances are they weren't even in fucking class half of the time because they were traveling or practicing. Or well, that
0: whole they get an education is such a bullshit, stupid argument. Yeah. Man
1: crazy people are like, oh well they got a great education out of it no they didn't you got fucking millions of dollars out of it what did they get they got a blown out knee and a fucking paper that says they graduated but you didn't teach them shit you taught them you know communications you know I'm
0: taking gym yeah
1: it's funny uh so so i do the U, uh usf i do the uh the net i'm on the net crew i raise it i raise the net i lower the net <laughs> stupidest job in the world, but I get to get on the field and see all the games and locally it's it's pretty cool. But when they announce all the players, I laugh my ass off because they're all the same major and it's <laughs> like um marketing communications. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Like yeah. what are you guys doing? Are you are you going out and I'm gonna doing- be
0: an influencer?
1: Yeah, like what do you you work on the internet, you work on you know
0: Together. Undeclared. It's like, you're a senior, bro. You better declare some shit soon.
1: Just because you're snapping pictures of your dick to people on Snapchat doesn't mean that you're a social media guru. I'm
0: a photography major. <laughs> photography major.
1: And every <laughs> once in a while, it's funny. Like, so everybody has the same major and it's that, that ridiculous bullshit major. I forget, I got to figure out what it was. Cause I remember them saying it. And I'm like, that sounds like a fate made up. Like it doesn't exist. Like kind of major. <laughs> And every once in a while, you'll get somebody like mechanical engineering, like what the fuck? Where
0: did yeah, that go? Cow. Yeah. It's like the punter.
1: Yeah, he's he's planning for his future, man. He's a that's linebacker, great. but he's he is planning for that shit. He knows this isn't going to last forever. You know? Yeah, yep. uh, it's crazy, but I think that's great. You see, yeah, it's- if this opens up, think about the the nightmare. It, like you think. The internet's crazy with sports now. This will open up like everybody having their own coins.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much.
1: Saquon Barkley coin. Why? Because yeah. I like Saquon Barkley. You know?
0: Yeah. <laughs> crazy. All right. Well, I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Mario, welcome back. Thanks for all the info on your trip to Italy. If you want to check out more information, find out how you t- can get over there, over to pregolato go to ski bump check us out on the socials instagram twitter facebook we are at ski bum podcast send us an email ski bump podcast at gmail.com we're also on youtube iheartradio pinterest several other places so please go there and if you could Go to your favorite podcast app, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, subscribe, rate us. Five stars would be wonderful. That would really help us out. We also have the shop, SkiBumPodcast.com slash shop. Get yourself some cool swag, look baller, look styling, make an impression. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay blue. See ya.